Hey, this is Stephen, and I want to welcome you or welcome you back to the Grove Church Podcast. For more information or to find more resources like this one, be sure to visit us at grove.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope the following message is encouraging and meaningful to your life. Hi, friends. Happy Easter to all of you. I'm so glad that you are with us today on what is a very unusual Easter Sunday morning. But here's something I believe. At least for this year, this is the best possible way that we could celebrate Easter. You heard that right, and let me say it again. I believe that the way that we are currently celebrating Easter right now in this moment is the best possible way that we can celebrate Easter. Now, before you throw your cup of coffee at the screen in front of you, hear me out. I recognize that this is not the most fun way that we could celebrate Easter. This is not the most joyful way that we could celebrate Easter. This might not even be the happiest way that we can celebrate Easter. I know how much we all look forward to all of our customs, all of our traditions, the way that we celebrate Easter. I was so looking forward to all of the ways that we were going to do something different and special for you this Easter. The ways that we would change our service to make it different, the videos, the petting zoos, the taco bars, all of the fun things that we were gonna do. The Easter egg hunts, those are even the best. We're gonna do so many things to help us celebrate Easter. And we can't do any of those. My guess for you, you have a lot of canceled plans this morning as well. Because the way that you had planned on celebrating Easter is not the way that you get to celebrate Easter. The brunches that you were so accustomed to, the meals or the dinners that your family would show up to, all of those for the most part are likely canceled. This is not the way that we planned it. This is not how we hoped to celebrate Easter. I loved the energy and the feel in the room as you would begin to come in on Easter morning. I love the way that you would murmur about and talk to each other and get excited. Everybody's in their Easter best, dressed up, looking so nice. And then as you begin to fill the room and as we prepare for the service to start, I love the palpable energy and excitement that would happen and bubble up and fill the service. And then we would begin and you would stand and we would all sing together. And the sound of your voices filling this place is unreal. And we don't get to do that this morning. Maybe at best you're singing in your living room. You're singing as you're jogging along this morning, tuning in with us. But we don't get to hear each other's voices. We don't get to look around and see each other. We don't get to do any of that. We miss all of these things. So how could I say something that seems so foolish so idiotic, so dumb as to say that this is perhaps the best way that we could celebrate Easter. Well, I think it's because of this. I think today is the best way that we could celebrate Easter because the way that we feel right now, the way that our world is currently looking, the events that are happening in our lives, the amount of fear uncertainty, doubt, hopelessness that we feel in this moment that maybe we have been feeling for weeks. 
this despondency, this letdown, this malaise that has come over our spirit and our soul as we think about the ways that we wanted to celebrate Easter, all of the hopes that we had, everything that we hoped could be in today that's not gonna get to be in today, all of that is gone. And that is precisely how the very first Easter felt. This feeling that we're sitting with This feeling that we've been carrying around with us for days, weeks maybe. This is exactly, this is exactly how the followers of Christ felt on that very first Easter. You can imagine just a week ago they had marched into Jerusalem. Jesus, their Savior, their Messiah, the Anointed One, the one that they had all of their hopes and trust in. This man that they thought would change and upend the established order that would defeat the current powers of the day. The one that would set all of the wrongs of the world right. The one that would make it finally as it was supposed to be. He marches into Jerusalem triumphantly on the back of a colt with palm branches waving, just like prophecy had foretold. This was finally the moment that the Jewish people had been waiting for for thousands of years. The moment when God would finally show up and establish them as he promised that he would. It was finally that day. And then in just a few short hours, the events that would unfold over the next several days, all of a sudden they find themselves in a place where their Messiah, their Savior, the one that they had placed their hopes in, he was arrested and he was convicted on trumped up charges. And then he was humiliated and abused and beaten and then marched up to a hill and hung on a Roman cross to die. And die he did. And then His lifeless body was taken into a tomb and a large stone was rolled over the entrance. And just to make sure nobody would mess with the body, guards were placed outside of the tomb to keep anybody away, to keep everybody away. And so throughout those final hours and days, Jesus' followers, people just like us, all of a sudden find themselves in a place of hopelessness. They find themselves in a place of despair, of wondering, what now? What next? What does any of this mean? My guess is you've asked some of those questions yourself. You've wondered some of those things. How long are we gonna be in this place? Why would God let this happen? What does any of this mean? And how do we find our way out? These are normal questions when life goes sideways, when things happen that you couldn't expect or predict or foresee. But this is the place that Jesus' followers find themselves in on Easter Sunday. At home, in hiding, sequestered and sheltered from the rest of the world, not celebrating, not laughing, not dressed up, not joyful, not hopeful, not optimistic, none of those things. It is precisely like today that the events of the very first Easter unfolded. And because our world and our life looks and feels so much like theirs, that I believe that it is the perfect way for us to celebrate Easter this year. 
Not because it's as we want, but because it was as it was. And because it was as it was, it allows us to maybe hear the good news of Easter in a different way than maybe we've ever heard it before. To hear the joy and the hope of Easter with new ears and with a new heart. To see the story with new eyes and to recognize just how good of news it truly was to a people who thought all hope was lost. So I wanna walk us through this Easter story filled with all of the uncertainty, with all the dread, with all the sadness and sorrow that we're currently carrying in our lives and in our hearts today. This is the backdrop of the very first Easter story. And so it's maybe this year that we'll actually be able to hear the truth of the Easter story for the very first time. Let me read to you from the scripture. This is the last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. All of Jesus' disciples, they've run off. They're in hiding, worried about what might happen to them, that what was done to Jesus might be done to them. Everyone's in this place of mourning and sadness and confusion. And this is how the story begins. Now, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Now, these two Marys, they went to the tomb without any hope of what would happen. It's hard for us at times to read this story and not know and not fill in the gaps of understanding of the characters that are involved. We know how this ends. We know what they will find when they go to see the tomb. But just imagine for a moment that you were them, that all the events that happened the way that they had, you were going to the tomb to mourn, to pay your respects, perhaps even at attempt to prepare the body in a kind of final last rite. You were not going with any hope, with any potential joy hidden away in your heart. This is the same way that these two Marys approached the tomb. And so they go, and as they approached the tomb, behold, there was a great earthquake. And in that moment, an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. And you can imagine this scene. All of a sudden, the ground begins to shake. Things begin to tremble. You're wondering what's happening. And all of a sudden, an angel descends and rolls away the stone and sits upon it. Scripture says his appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. The guards who were standing watch, making sure no one came and took the body so that rumors couldn't begin to spread that he had been resurrected. They were trying to sequester, to keep that from happening. The guards, they were so terrified of this angel that appeared that they shook with fear and became like dead men. And then, in the midst of all of this miraculous happening, the angel, he looks at the women and he begins to speak. Do not be afraid, for I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. It's the first thing out of the angel's mouth. Do not be afraid. I know the fear that you bring in this moment. 
I know the fear that hides in the recesses of your heart. I know the fear that you possess as you worry about what will come, how you're gonna find your way out of this situation, what hope might be on the other side of this, knowing how difficult life is for you right now, knowing the adversity and the obstacles that stand in your way. See, today is just like that first Easter story. Many of us, our hearts are filled with fear. We look at the forecast for what will happen in the economy, the unprecedented rate of unemployment, the way that the economy is struggling to limp along, the stock markets up and down and up and down, all the while without any sense of what will happen. We look to our leaders, to the politicians, to our doctors for some guidance as to how long we're gonna be in this place. And we get a lot of shrugged shoulders, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowing. Some of this is because the COVID virus is just brand new and we're learning as fast as we can. But still we're looking for answers. We're searching for something that we can put our hope in. We're searching for some way that we can anchor our trust in something greater than ourselves. And so we look to the familiar and the traditional places that we've always looked, to institutions, to political parties, to leaders, to the economy, to the experts. And they all come up short. And so we're just like these Marys as they approach the tomb, afraid, saddened. And the first thing that the angel says to them is what the angel would also say to us. Do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. But then, maybe the best words in all of scripture, arguably, if not undoubtedly, the most important words ever said in the history of the world. He is not here. He is risen. And at that moment, everything changed forever. He is not here. He is risen. The news that the women had no hope of ever hearing, this message that they weren't going to be able to believe, even though it was true, this hope that shoots out of the blue and comes from nowhere. No one expected dead people to live again. No one expected there to be any hope. And so it's precisely in the midst of this great despair, this overwhelming fear, this complete and utter hopelessness that hope emerges, that love steps into the scene and that we hear the greatest words ever spoken. He is not here. He is risen. See, friends, what we need to learn from this story, because it so closely mirrors ours, is that there is nothing that can stop Easter from coming. There is no power. There is no empire. There is no authority. Not even death itself, not even the grave, can stop Easter from coming. I read an article a couple of days ago that said how COVID had killed Easter. And I thought, you wish, not even close, despite the way that we are separate from each other right now, despite the way that we have to stay in our homes, our routines have been disrupted, despite the fact that we can't come together, doesn't even come close to stopping the reality that Easter still comes. He is not here, he is risen. 
No virus, no disease, no economic downturn, not even the loss of life can stop the truth that Easter still comes. You see, in the passages just before this Easter narrative, it talks about how the Roman authorities and the Jewish leaders conspired together to make sure that nobody would disrupt the body. No one would come to steal the body. They begin to pay soldiers to stand watch hour after hour to make sure that nobody could do any funny business so that some rumor could begin to spread that Jesus had been resurrected. See, he predicted that he would. And so they were worried that his followers would come and steal the body and then all of a sudden word would begin to spread that a thing that didn't happen had happened. And despite their best efforts, the thing that they feared most of happening happened. The resurrection occurred. He is not here and he has been risen. And then immediately following these events, the soldiers who saw the angel come down and the earthquake happen and the stone roll away, they run off to tell the authorities. And the authorities bribed them to make sure that they don't spread the word of what had happened. They did their very best to stop Easter from coming. But you can't. Easter still comes. He is not here. He is risen. But that's not the only good news in this story. That's not where the good news ends. The story continues. So after the angel lets the women know of the good news, he gives them some instructions. And he says, hurry, go and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. And there in Galilee, you will see him. And so with this instruction, the women hurry off to spread the word. And it says, they departed quickly from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. When we receive the good news of Easter for ourselves, how often does it leave us afraid, yet filled with joy? Afraid for what this means for our lives, afraid for how this will shift and change everything that we come in contact with, the way it influences the way that we live our lives, the way that we spend our money, the way that we are in relationship to other people. There comes a weight and a significance to the Easter story, but it also brings such great joy. And so afraid yet filled with joy, the women run off to tell the disciples. But then immediately, as they do, Jesus appears to them and he greets them. And upon seeing Jesus and hearing his voice and recognizing his face, they fall down at his feet and they hug his feet and they worship him. And then Jesus says to the women, he says again, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It is not a coincidence that again and again and again in this passage, that the messenger or that Jesus or that the writer acknowledges the fear that we hold in our hearts. Maybe now more than ever in my lifetime, I see more people afraid. I go to the grocery store I go to get gas for my car. And you see the looks in people's eyes, the way that they're leery and suspicious of others. Everybody has their masks on and their gloves on and their hoods over their head. And we, we're distrustful of everyone. We watch the news 
And all it does is leave us with more and more fear. We watch the stock market and we read the Wall Street Journal and we recognize that there's no slowing down of any of this, that the economy is likely gonna take a significant hit, that unemployment rates are rising higher than they've ever been before. And again, all it does is just leave us afraid. No sense of when we'll be able to emerge from our homes. No sense of when we'll be able to return to a routine. And it's precisely in this place that Jesus greets us and he welcomes us. He says, you do not have to be afraid for he knows the truth. He knows that Easter is here. And with it, God has overthrown all of the powers of the world. God has overthrown all of the places that we attempted to put our trust in, that God reigns supreme even over death. That's why Christians for thousands of years have been able to to face death unafraid, to risk their lives in service of neighbor, in moments of great need or great plague or great disease or great risk to themselves. Christians have always been able to step forward unafraid because they know that God has defeated death. They can live a life of courage, of bravery, not cowering to the threats that exist in this world because there will always be those, but able to emerge victorious because Christ walked out of that grave victorious. And he says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Now, both the angel and Jesus share this message to tell the other disciples, the other followers of Jesus to go to Galilee and meet him there. Now, it seems like a strange instruction given all that's just happened. Jesus is killed and crucified and buried. And then three days later, he rises from the dead. And then upon running into some of his followers, these two Marys, the first things that he says to them is, do not be afraid. He acknowledges their current emotional and psychological state. But then the instruction he gives them isn't, let's throw a party, let's get everybody together, go run, tell everybody to come and meet us here in the garden. No, that's not the instruction that he gives. The instruction that he gives is go and tell my brothers, go and tell the other disciples to meet me in Galilee. And not just anywhere in Galilee, as as we read on at the final verses of this chapter and of the Gospel of Matthew, what we realize is Jesus is inviting them to meet him on a particular hilltop in Galilee, a particular mountain in Galilee. This is the precise mountain in Galilee where Jesus began his public ministry. If you've been following along through our sermons over the last couple of months, you know that we started this series called Keys to the Kingdom. And in it, we unpack this idea that Jesus arrives on the scene to to usher in the emergence of God's kingdom, of God's reign and rule on earth here and now. And where does he do this? Where does Jesus let everybody know about the availability of the kingdom for themselves? The way that they could participate in what God is trying to do in the world? He does it on a mountaintop in Galilee. His very first public profession He says, change your hearts and lives. Repent, change your hearts and lives for the kingdom of God, the rule, the reign, the activity of God is at hand. It's available here and now. But of course, there was always the competition, the clash between the kingdoms of this world 
the kingdoms of our worlds that we create and the kingdoms of God. They would always clash and always do battle. And finally, once and for all, in a garden, in a grave, that was all done away with. The kingdom of God emerged victorious. Not the current empire, not a virus, not even death itself can stop the reign and rule and activity of God from happening here and now. And so in Jesus's final moments, after he raises from the dead, he meets his disciples on a hilltop in Galilee where this whole thing started. And he empowers them and he equips them to spread this message of hope that there is no kingdom on earth, not even death, that can stop the kingdom of God that we get to be a part of it. You see, there's nothing that can stop Easter. And with Easter always comes new life. What I love about this account of the resurrection story is the way that it starts. On the Sabbath, after the Sabbath was over, as dawn was beginning to break at the beginning of the week. See this detail we read over, but that was a clue to all of the listeners that this was the start of a new week. And if you remember the story in Genesis, the very first day God begins to create. And so what the writer of the gospel of Matthew is trying to get you to realize and recognize is that there is a new creation that is finally happening. This old world, this old way of living is over and gone and there is something new that has emerged. Christ has emerged victorious over all of the powers and empires of the world, even death itself. And the kingdom of God is here and now and available to all of us. So at home, a little frightened, a little frustrated, a little sad that we can't celebrate Easter in the way that we had hoped. This is the perfect way to celebrate Easter because this is the way that they celebrated the first Easter. Hearts filled with fear but once again, we're reminded that nothing can stop Easter. And with Easter, we can experience new life. So my friends, the invitation exists for you just like it did for those first followers of Jesus. The kingdom of God is here and it is available for each one of us. We don't have to do anything special to participate. Christ has done all of the work for us. All we have to do is accept the invitation to change our hearts and lives and begin to live in the kingdom. I hope you will. I hope you'll take this invitation. I hope you'll take this opportunity. It's the best news ever. Let me pray for us. Gracious and loving God, it is on this day that we celebrate the day that the world forever changed. The day that your son walked out of that tomb and the day that our hearts became free. We no longer have to find ourselves in allegiance to the powers and the empires of this world, but we can place our hope and trust in you, God, that we can live and participate and be a part of your kingdom here and now, and that there's nothing that can stop Easter from coming. And when it comes, it always brings new life. God, we thank you for this day and for this way that we get to celebrate. 
albeit unplanned and unexpected, maybe even a way that we wouldn't have wished for, but perhaps the perfect way to celebrate Easter. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Dallas area, we would love for you to visit us. For directions, service times, and more info, visit us at grove.org.